Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. As there are some companies out there now that have package systems you can mount, and it goes between like stud bays in your garage, for instance. So you can have a package drop where it, the, somebody comes up and basically you could open up this mail drop and the package goes inside and it'll put it on the floor of the garage. It's a pretty good system. The ones that I saw and really liked are made by a company called uh, MB Sentinel. And those are really cool because you can either mount them up on a box like on a pedestal outside, or you can take them and put them uh, as a pass-through into your garage or a, a hallway closet or something like that. So these are maximum protection type of things. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we get you the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Eric G. We got a fun show ahead here in this hour. We're going to be talking about how to start that project and plan ahead. I don't care if you're taking on something small or if you're going to do your own kitchen remodel or addition. All of these rules apply. But first, let me give you some information about the show here just to get you up to speed if you're new and just joining us. First off, you can catch us over to roundthehouseonline.com. That is the website where you can find me there. You can catch the podcast, of course, if you're listening on the radio on any podcast network. Just look for Around the House Show. And make sure you follow us on social media. We have a fair amount of social media channels. Look for Around the House Show. Uh, You can also find my television show, which is Around the House Northwest, over on uh, KPTV Fox 12. And you can go over to kptv.com and find it over there as well. So I know that's a lot of information, but make sure you follow all of that. And if you've got a home improvement question you're stuck with, you can actually go over to kptv.com, find Around the House, and submit a video question there. And I'll actually answer that on video in the show. So we're going to help you with a bunch of different projects that way. Well, today talking about how to start a project is an important one because the planning part of this is probably the most important part. And first off, I want to talk about What I would recommend, and it's one of my weak points as well, and for many reasons, but different reasons than most, for me, getting that project to 100% is tough. And some of it is because around my house, I have a TV shoot schedule. So I will get something 99% done. It is ready to go. And oh my gosh, I get into the next one because we're filming that tomorrow. And so my goal here recently is actually going to go around and actually finish up the projects that are at 99%. So that's my goal here over the next few weeks around my schedule. So the first thing I would do is make sure you get your other projects completed before you start the next one. And somebody like me with a tad bit of ADHD, I easy to get onto the next shiny project and not get something finished. So it is definitely one of my weaknesses. But I've been going around and, and spent the last couple weekends just working on new projects. Well, getting ready for new projects by finishing the old ones. So that's a cool. 
cool thing to do. And it makes everybody happy. And, and you're missing out on that sense of accomplishment when it's 100% done before you move on to the next one. So my first rule here is outside of that one is define the project. What are you going to be doing? I don't care if it's a new front door. It's a kitchen remodel. It's a bathroom remodel. What are you going to do? So literally, this is where you get the notepad and paper out, that yellow notebook, or even if you're a technology, grab that Word document or whatever and create a scope. What are you doing? Write it out so you can start to figure it out. I know it's easy to get in your head, but this is where you can start to figure out by defining it, what your time scale is and what the costs are going to be. Because really, the next phase of this is you need to come up with a budget, but you've got to go through and figure that out. And so really what I do is go through and pick out the materials that I need. So for instance, if it's a front door, you're going to look at it and say, okay, I've got the door cost. I've got the lock cost. I've got the finish costs. Am I finishing it or am I paying them to finish it? I'm going to need door shims. I'm going to need that lock set, of course. And then uh, there's other stuff like, okay, I've got screws. I've got nails for siding or whatever you've got going outside. And then I start looking at, okay, I need sealant. And I need flashing probably because it probably wasn't flashed correctly as well, whether it's flexible or metal or whatever you're doing there. And then, of course, your trim moldings and stuff on the inside. So starting to figure that out helps create the process here. A kitchen remodel is much bigger because now you're dealing with, okay, I've got demo. I've got all of those things to go with it. So there's all these little steps. And so those are important. You know, it's because really what you want to do is confirm the budget through planning. Planning is the key to all this. This is the beginning. And I talked about it on my TV show a few weeks ago. Planning is all about getting this down. So when you start, you have the materials and you know how long it's going to cost because If you're taking out your only bathroom and you don't have a place to shower, I mean, when I did my master bathroom here, and and Julie still gives me a hard time about it, we actually set up a temporary bathtub shower out in the garage and built a little place out there so I could do that because I had a, at the time, I had a one and a half bath. So when I took out that and did that shower project, we needed a place to be able to take a quick shower. And so I took out the bathtub. And set up a, uh, a whole thing out in the shower out there. And that, that way we could pump the, pump the uh, shower water into the laundry, into that drain, and use it. And so that's what we created so we could do that. But that's all part of that planning. And so laying that out is going to help you with that and make sure that you those inconveniences are planned for. And that's a big part right there. So really starting to look at getting your advice now of where you're going to be doing. And this is this is something that I think is is really important. And I think it's something that we should talk about here. Where to get advice and where to not get advice. You know, YouTube can be a great place. Of course, this radio show is a great place. But I don't have to say that. The thing with YouTube is, is there are a lot of people on there. It's about a 50% ratio of good advice and bad advice. And that's where it gets dangerous when you're trying to learn. Because I tell you what, there are influencers out there that have made themselves home improvement, and I have air quotes up, influencers that have no idea what they're doing. And I can watch it on there and go, wow, you installed that window wrong. That's not how you install cabinets. That's not how you do it. And there's even a radio shows out there. There's a radio show that I'm aware of out there that's in one market that she has no idea what she's doing. 
She is giving advice on things that, tell you what, there's no business of that advice being out there because it could get somebody actually killed because I've heard it and I've turned the radio off going, oh, my gosh, it's horrible advice. But that's an infomercial, and that's one place that I say that not. And, and let's get into that for just a second with radio. You have infomercials where somebody comes in, and it's an advertiser, and they pay for the spot, and you'll hear that, that there's usually a release on the show when you come in or come out thing saying that this content was paid for. Those are infomercials, and so that is driven by advertisers, which means the advertiser is paying for what's going on there. And that's okay. That's, that's a part of radio today. There's nothing wrong with that. But in home improvement, sometimes you can get really biased information because they're trying to sell you something. That's why it's there. So be careful with that. Now, the thing is, I would rather have you talk with an expert or watch one of the construction experts that are online. And you can see that. You can see there's plenty of people out there with millions of followers that give off great remodeling advice on YouTube. And that's good for you to work with. But really try to do that research, plan ahead. You can watch some videos, but just know that uh, that is not the end-all, be-all sometimes. But if you're on there and you find somebody that's a plumber, like coming up in our next segment, you know, Eric Ani from Mechanical Club, that is somebody that you could sit there and trust and go, okay, I would trust his content. But if you're seeing a handyman out there that is that is giving you bad advice, really know what the background of the source is because that way you're getting good information. And then the next one is, is talk to an expert in your area. You know, maybe you've got a friend that works in plumbing. Maybe you've got a friend that's an electrician or a designer. Pulling that stuff together can be huge so you get the right information to plan the project. And this is all before we even, even start demo day here. This is that part of planning. We come back, we're going to talk about knowing your skill set and the rest of planning this project out. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Are you looking for a good night's sleep? I had a mattress from a box that was keeping me up all night long. I stopped in at Mattress Warehouse USA and they handmade me a new one that is getting me the best sleep of my life. Plus, if you need a custom size, they can handle that too. For handcrafted care at prices that are much less than the big mattress stores, head to mattresslw.com. Make sure and mention Eric G sent you for 10% off your purchase. Plus, they ship anywhere in the U.S. Mattresslw.com. Sleep well. show where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for tuning in today on the radio or the podcast. Hey, if you want to see the video of the show, we do have our TV show that airs every single Saturday. You can make sure and catch that. Uh, I will be posting it up on our Facebook pages, which is over Around the House show. You can find that on Facebook. And then don't forget, we have Around the House Nation, our closed group where people put up their pictures and talk about projects they're working on or if they need some help with. All that and more on Facebook, and of course, I have Instagram and all the other Twitter and things like that that you see out there on social media. Well, we've been talking about how to start a project today, and uh, 
You know, it's interesting because these are the things that people get hung on, hung up on the most and the struggle for your typical homeowner. Now, one of the most important things with any of these projects is to know your skill set and hire what is beyond it. Many times, uh, it's smart to hire that professional. I mean, when I needed a new electrical panel in my house, could I have done it myself? Sure. Did I know I hired an electrician to come in, pull the permits, and do it correctly? When I needed an HVAC system put in, could I have done it? Yeah, I could have. Did I have somebody else do it? Absolutely, because it's still beyond my skill set. And this was a complicated system I was putting in. And so sometimes it makes more sense to bring in that professional. And that's where it's important. But here's the other challenge. I mean, it's a great example. So I got a buddy who lives out on the Oregon coast here. He had a water break and it's his kind of vacation beach house. They don't get frozen that often out there, but he had a pipe break under the house. Neighbor called him. I think uh, it's outside of Tillamook, Oregon. I think he's on day number five of people not calling him back from plumbing companies. He's called them all in the area. Not a single one has called him back. And that's where it gets a little interesting where you go, oh, man, I hope that we can find some more people in the trades out there. And we'll be talking about that in the next hour with Eric Ani from Mechanical Hub because it's one of those things that trying to find help out there can be tough, especially in areas like that that are smaller, where you have only six or eight plumbers to work with. He literally can't get somebody to come out to fix that pipe. And it uh, might be something that I end up having to go out and help him with it. But it's just, it's sad when people can't get back to you. And it's tough when you're trying to get a project going, right? It's just, it's never fun. So knowing your skill set and where and how to hire beyond it is good, but you also need to know your timeline on that as well. And that's where building that timeline is key. You know, okay, I'm going to get all my materials here first. That's, of course, the thing. But when you get into this timeline, knowing when you need those people in there, if you're having an electrician, of course, you want to do the demo first because you don't want to be paying the electrician to tear open walls if you need to be doing it. So getting that, building that timeline and getting these guys scheduled way early is going to be key. You know, you're better to wait a day and go, okay, my guys tomorrow and will be day done a day earlier than to have you scrambling at 2 o'clock in the morning trying to get ready for that guy to show up or girl to show up the next day to do their part of the project. Now, one of the things, too, that I really want you to think about is confirming the materials in the budget. Make sure that you've got all the materials there. I almost do a virtual install where I'm standing there in front of me going, okay, I'm going to take this out. This is what's going to go in. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And really just mentally looking through to see what am I missing? That way you go, oh, I need these fasteners or I need this bracket or, ooh, I need a new valve for this. And just going through and planning that process out. And then the other part here, too, is making sure that you've confirmed the permits and hazardous materials disposal. You know, do you have a house that's, you know, built prior to, you know, 2012 that could have asbestos in it? Do you have something prior to 1978 that could have lead paint in it? You know, has it been remodeled where you don't have to worry about it? These are all things you need to know and how you dispose of those things in your area. You know, there's definitely rules for each area in the country. So it just really depends on what your local rules are with that. And of course, building permits, whether you need them or not. Some areas you do. I mean, some areas you need a building permit to change out a faucet because they want to make sure you're putting the right one in. 
It's crazy, but that's where the rules are. You want to make sure you understand that. Now, when we get towards starting the project here, you always want to, like we said earlier, order the materials and get them before you start the project. You need to have everything at the house or in a storage area close before you start that project. Can't tell you how many times I've seen kitchen and bath projects that I start and all of a sudden, you know, I'm helping somebody design their kitchen out and the husband walks in in the middle of my design time with somebody else and I just tore out my kitchen and I want to get some cabinets and they're eight or 10 weeks out. You want to make sure you get them there and make sure those pieces are confirmed to be there so that way you've got all the stuff and make sure that they're not damaged. Inspect those things and don't be shy when materials show up. Open the box up. If that freight truck driver's there, Take 30 seconds and pop the box open if it looks damaged. And even if it isn't, take a peek at it. Make sure those things are not busted up. I can't tell you the the, the hidden damage that I've found where the box looks perfect. Doesn't matter. It got dropped, jostled. Maybe the pallet took the damage. Those are all things you want to make sure, especially with ceramic tile, custom things like that. Those are, those are where you get burned a lot. And then you need to balance your time with the schedule. Make sure you get that time balanced out so you're good. Don't rush it. If you have to blow the schedule up, blow the schedule up. But try to stay on task with it. And you're you're always going to have a few of those while you're at it. You want to make sure that you're covered with. Because those while you're at it can get expensive, but it's good. If you've got the wall opened up and you're like, man, I've got some electrical in here I should fix while I'm at it. Those are smart. Maybe you need to replumb what's behind the wall. You know, if you're just retiling the shower, that's a great time to put in the new shower valve and replumb all that. Those are all things that are really smart to do when you're taking on that project. And then here's my other rule that I have for everybody out there before we wrap it up here is don't start another project until you finish the one before. And that will help you stay on task on getting these projects finished because it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get stuck. And if you are stuck, send some pictures, send them over to me and uh, or do a video. Send a video over to us uh, so we can answer it for you as well with a video of, hey, I'm stuck with this. If you're stuck, it's a good time to take a pause, reevaluate, replan. And if you're in over your head, it's a great time to try to fix that. Bring in that professional, bring a buddy in, hire somebody to come over and go, what do I do here? Because the worst thing is, is you don't want to force it. And do it wrong because if you have to buy materials again, it gets really expensive. So when you think things are going sideways, now is the time to stop and do it correctly and bring in that pro. So really in a nutshell here, the the best planning you can do and getting the materials on the job site are some of the biggest things you can do. Now, when we come back after this important message is here, and if you're listening to the radio, make sure you follow and support the advertisers that you hear, especially on the podcast, because they are the ones that are keeping this show going so you can hear it. And uh, that's why this is not a pay-per-view kind of thing. So uh, this is one of those things that we really appreciate all of our advertisers. So if you hear on the radio or on the podcast, make sure you support those wonderful advertisers that are keeping this show going because this is not an infomercial. We come back, we're going to start talking about security about your home and how to keep your house safe no matter what neighborhood you live in just as soon as Around the House returns.
to the Around the House show. Now, this is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. Well, the second half of the show today, we're going to be talking about security for your home. When, you know, crime is concerned, maybe you're in that neighborhood, uh, maybe you're like somebody on the West Coast like us out here where, you know, in some of the bigger cities, you call the police because something bad's happening and it could be a few hours before somebody shows up or they just don't have enough people out there to actually patrol your neighborhood. You know, this happens all across the U.S., but in bigger cities, it seems to be, in many places, a continuing problem. Uh, And I know it is in uh, my metro area, not so much the city I live in. They do a great job. But uh, if I was to get into town a little bit more, yeah, that's uh, maybe the reason why people like Walmart and those guys have been pulling out of Portland because, well, to be honest, there's not enough police officers and they called the police to get somebody that is shoplifting and it's hours later somebody shows up because of that. So what can you do with your home? What can you do to get that a little bit safer, you know, especially when crime is a concern in your neighborhood. You know, the first thing I would take a look at is good to great quality door locks, making sure that when you lock that door, that somebody can't come up and just do a simple bump check with their hip and knock it in. And that's going to be called putting in decent deadbolts uh, with, with the plates that are in the door jam itself that are screwed way in. There are things you can do just with heavier-duty screws that's just not that trim holding it, that it's getting into the stud behind it. So you can go down and get those plates for, you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, put them in there depending on what you're trying to do. And they are almost like repair plates, but they're really meant to put and make it a stronger door system. And uh, just doing something like that can be a deterrent that if somebody comes up, you're just keeping them from being able to easily kick the door in. And so that's one thing to do. Now, in the front of your house, when you're standing out the curb, front of your driveway, whatever, take a peek and see, are you giving people close to your house a place to hide? Sometimes there's tall six-foot, eight-foot bushes by the front door that if you were walking up to the front door or if somebody was coming up there to come steal a package and a car drove by, can they jump in that bush and hide real quickly and disappear while someone's cruising by. You don't want to give people a place to hide by the front door. So maybe it's some landscaping. Maybe you need to trim some stuff down. But making sure that when you pull up, that you have a full view of the front of the house that is really hard to give somebody a place to hide, that's going to be a safer front part of your house. And so that's key right there. Now, I've seen plenty of thefts of packages out there where especially if you're on a corner lot or near a corner lot where people will kind of cruise up close to the house, walk, go along the front, come up to the door and then hide away. So they're not in the camera as much of the ring doorbell or whatever. Sometimes putting up a decorative fence around your yard can deter somebody from doing that because they don't know if there's a dog in the yard that's going to pop out. They don't want to get caught behind it. Sometimes that will help move people down the road for you. So it's sometimes a cool decorative fence and make sure to follow your local building code because there are typically rules. You can't usually put a six-foot fence around in a lot of neighborhoods. Maybe it's going to be a three-foot, maybe it's a four-foot, but something like that can sure help, you know, deter people from getting in there because the first thing is they don't want to get caught behind that. So that's another 
great tip. We talked about it earlier, but a video doorbell is one. Any one of those recording video doorbells, there's plenty of them out there. But you know something? They can deter if people don't want to show up and be that. Uh, is it a be-all, end-all? No. But can you see at least what time somebody stole your packages? Yeah. Is anybody monitoring? No, you are. And so that's the key with the video doorbell. But they are safe from that point of view. And uh, you can track of what's going on out there and get people's attention. If so, you can be, hey, I see you, you know, that kind of thing. But really... All you're doing is helping fill, you know, fill out the police report at that point. But I still think it's a smart thing to have. Now, I think if you have a serious crime problem, one of the biggest things is going to be having a good video system and a security system. Now, I'm a strong believer. You've heard on the ads in the show. And yeah, they're an advertiser, but I also have this in my house too. Deep Sentinel is a great way to go. And if you haven't heard it, what Deep Sentinel is, it is a camera security system that goes around your home, and it is monitored by AI, artificial intelligence, and live guards. So if somebody comes walking up to your front door to grab a package, let's say, knock on the door, seeing if you're there, you're not, they go to grab the package. By that point, you will have a live security guard going, hey, Deep Sentinel security, how can I help you? And then they have a high decibel siren and they can call the police for you. So many times these guys have really gotten in there and stopped things from happening before they happen. So if someone's got to come up, kick your door in, try to jimmy a window. If you have a camera there, they can get on them and say with a live person and say, hey, we're on you. We see you. Many times that will deter that from happening, especially with people coming in the yard. Funny story at my house. So my kid was walking out over the holidays, had a black hoodie on, carrying out a Vitamix that was for grandma as a gift. Ah, seven or eight o'clock at night. Walked out the door, three steps out the door, deep sentinel security, can I help you? Yeah. They saw somebody leaving out the door with a brand new Vitamix in their hand like somebody had broken in from another area and were leaving the house and wanting to make sure that someone was not doing something bad to my house. And so that's really cool. Now, the mistake I've made before, too, though, where I've gotten their attention, where they called me, was that uh, I was working in my garage. I saw the delivery driver pull up. I kick around the corner by my garage, grab the package, walk back into my garage. And the way I did it kind of got outside of the camera And they called me going, hey, I think somebody might have just stolen a package. Well, it was me. But I didn't think to put that in sleep or tell them that I was grabbing the package that way because it was looked like somebody was taking it from the front via that camera. So, again, that's something that's really good. And one of the other thing I like about it, too, is that if you're getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning or you work it overnights or whatever, and you walk out to the car in the dark, if you've got the camera set up correctly, guess what? You now have somebody walking as you walk, watching to make sure you're getting to your home correct and, you know, into your car correctly from your home or vice versa. So you've got somebody watching your trip to the car and back. And that's really cool. And it's great for construction sites, job sites, those kind of things, because guess what? That makes it where you're pretty good, where you don't have to worry about stuff getting stolen. They've got somebody there watching for you and they've got a direct line into your police department. So instead of you calling on hold and waiting 
they've got somebody there to monitor that. So I think to me in today's day and age, that is a more efficient system than putting in all the door and window sensors because it is so much different when a security company calls and said, yeah, I've got a white guy, six foot black hoodie, Converse tennis shoes breaking into this house into the side window versus, oh, I have an alarm code coming off this window. The police go, yeah, 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 90% of these are false alarms anyway, and they don't even show up. It's a different situation when you have somebody that's actually watching the house and can call and say, yeah, I've got them on camera right here, and they pulled up in the in the blue Prius out front. It's a whole different story when you have that. So I'm a believer in it. Is it a little bit more money than some of the cheap alarm systems out there? Absolutely it is. It's not that much more. But I tell you what, if you want that peace of mind and security, I know of people in neighborhoods that are starting to team together and put these together to gain control back of their neighborhood from theft. And that can keep people from coming up in your driveway. And, uh, you know, at least they're going to get scared away and the police get called when somebody tries to take your catalytic converter or tires or, or anything out of the back of your car or truck. So that's a good way to go. We come back, we'll talk even more about security around your house just as soon as we return. through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for coming back on the radio or the podcast where you've been hearing this all the way through. Now, we've been talking about security for your home, you know, when crime is concerned. And there's some things that we talked about before. You know, we talked about getting a really good quality lock, you know, making sure you don't have people, a place for people to hide, you know, around the outside of the house, you know, just to, to give yourself clear view and clear view of somebody's driving past. And then uh, sometimes a low fence can help deter package thefts. You know, there's video doorbells. And then, of course, we're talking about Deep Sentinel as a uh, camera-based security system. Now, one of the other things, too, that I wanted to mention is there are some companies out there now that have package systems you can mount. And it goes between, like, stud bays in your garage, for instance. So you can have a package drop where somebody comes up and basically you can open up this mail drop and the package goes inside and it'll put it on the floor of the garage. It's a pretty good system. The ones that I saw and really liked are made by a company called uh, MB Sentinel. And those are really cool because you can either mount them up on a box, like on a pedestal outside, or you can take them and put them uh, as a pass-through into your garage or a, a hallway closet or something like that. So these are maximum protection type of things you can put in there where if somebody is stealing packages, I tell you what, this, uh, I think they call it the box gobbler, actually. So they come up, drop it, man, that thing goes inside, and uh, there's zero chance of somebody being able to steal that because it just drops it right inside the residence for you. And they're a waterproof, uh, very high-security system, so it's a good way to go. Uh, I think those are pretty cool. A little more expensive, but I tell you what, you're not going to have stuff stolen off the porch if it's not on the porch. Now, one of the next ones I like in the evening and nighttime is exterior lighting. LED lighting these days costs literally nothing to run. 
And if you do great lighting around the outside and you've got good landscape lighting, it makes it for it's hard for people to hide. And a well-lit house looks stunning and amazing as well as a crime deterrent. If there's a house down the street that is dark, and guess what? If you can deter that, people go, ooh, that's uh, that's pretty obvious there, and I see cameras. They're going to move on to the neighbor's house that doesn't have all that stuff. And I'm sorry if, if you're kicking it down the street, but that's, as a homeowner, all you can really do. And so a well-lit neighborhood sure makes it harder for thieves to come in at night. But here's one thing I want to talk about, because this is an important statistic. You know, people think, oh, it's at night that we see this stuff happen. And actually, most crimes happen during daylight hours. Let's be honest. That's the that's the most common time. But you're always worried at night. And usually at night, you're more likely to see kids and people like that. Uh, or, or, you know, people that are very big criminals, they'll do it at night as well. But uh, many times, it's just during the daylight hours. So that's a good one. Now, there's other materials out there that I'm seeing that are made for more violent neighborhoods. You know, um, there are panels now that you can tear back the, back to the studs and put in ballistic fiber panels that go on the backside of the, the siding there. You put the insulation back in, and it's meant to stop bullets from coming in the front of the house. And so if you're in a neighborhood where drive-bys are a concern or you want something that's higher security, that works. Um, I think the other thing that's included with this too is if you're building a safe room. Now, if you're going to build a safe room, maybe you've got tornadoes or storms or things like that where wind can be a damaging thing, building a safe room in the middle of your house in a closet or something like that, and using ballistic panels and using the right materials in there to build it, could be a great way to do that, and it can be a dual use. It can be a, in a home invasion. It can be a place for someone to hide in a tornado or hurricane. As long as you don't have flooding, that can also be a place to hide. So there are dual uses with some of these rooms that you can do that really can help you survive a bad situation, but it also can be one that helps you survive Mother Nature as well. So it's something to think about. And, yeah, those panels are expensive, and, yes, you basically have to take a room down to studs. And I know people that have lived in neighborhoods that they absolutely love the neighborhood, but they've got a crime problem. Maybe it's a gang problem, maybe whatever it is. That is an issue that you can fix pretty easily, though it is expensive. You can go in there and it doesn't change the look of the house at all, except on the inside, you're going to remove the drywall and those panels get, you know, inserted back there. And they're really meant like a bulletproof vest to stop you know, rounds from coming through. Now, it doesn't help you with windows, and those windows you'd have to slide out and put in ballistic glass or something like that, which maybe might not make the most sense to most people, but it is an option, and I know people are doing that in offices and in other places as well, especially in like commercial buildings. You're starting to see more and more of that, especially when it's jewelry stores and pot shops and that kind of stuff, depending on where you live. You're seeing a little bit more of that as people do remodels, so it's an interesting one. And it's something that I think we're going to see a little more popular out there. But those are some of the real basics right there with that. And then, of course, you know, using smart lighting around your house. If someone thinks that there's somebody home, they're much, you know, less likely to come in. So you can run the blinds. You can run the the lights. You can have that stuff going where the front blind opens and closes or the, the outside lights come off and on. You know, I leave my lights on 24-7 outside. They're they're friendly for night skies, so I have the right type of lights, but I leave them on so if somebody comes up, 
one, my cameras can get the best view. And two, you know, there's something you can do with that. Now, the other thing is, too, is I do have different camera systems. I have uh, three technically camera systems on my house. Uh, one of them is the Xfinity ones, and those work good, too. I just use those for really seeing what it is outside in areas that I'm I'm less of a security concern. But I just want to see if it's snowing or what's going on outside. Uh, those are another way to go through your cable provider. That's another place to go. But uh, I don't use it so much as security is just to be able to monitor things when I want to. They will give me alarms if somebody's walking around to the side of the house or something like that, of course. But that's not my main level of security. And uh, although they, they, they have decent security systems, I'm not relying. I don't want... I don't want somebody to get into my house to set an alarm off. I want to stop them from coming in altogether. So my first line of defense is the yard, not the windows or doors. Now, here are a couple other options you should be thinking about, too. If you've got that garage door opener that's loose in your car, maybe it's in the glove box or it's in the console or it's up on the, you know, on the sun visor or whatever. If you have a car that gets broken into, you can automatically give someone access into your home with that. So it's something to think about. When was the last time you locked your garage door that goes from your garage into your home? Do you have a lock on that? Do you use it? You know, that's another level of security. If someone was to come in and maybe break into your car at night, hit the garage door opener, open up the garage. Now they've entered into your house and now they've gotten a route in. So make sure that if you do have that garage door opener up there and you're putting your car in it, then maybe that's where you want to, rec- you know, really have a door that's secure. So now let's dive into some of the, you know, maybe less obvious ones. Be careful posting up on social media that you just went out and bought a $5,000 television or sound system. You know, maybe before you take that out and put it next to the curb on trash day, you cut the logos off or cut it up into small pizza pieces and put it into your recycling, you know, like pizza box size, get it out and hide it. Because anytime that you put out on a busy street that you just bought that, you know, killer TV from wherever, you're now advertising to people that, hey, I just put something expensive that you could come get it off the wall. Now, another one that I think is really important that people fail to do is password protect your Wi-Fi network. Amateur hackers can have an easy job getting in and they can turn off security systems and they can get in if you have a password one, two, three address to get in there. So it's not hard to get in and shut things off if you don't have a secure password. So make sure that you've got a great password with letters, capitalized, numbers, symbols, you know, have something decent that's harder for somebody to get into. With that, it's going to be a lot easier. And just make sure that you, you know, have a good security as far as that goes. Now, another one is, is uh, garage and sheds. Make sure those have good locks on them. You know, it's pretty easy to not lock that stuff where the where the shed is, maybe the lawnmower. You know, you've got a lot of good stuff in there. Power tools. Make sure that stuff is really locked up. I can't tell you how many people I know that had their side garage door open. A good friend of mine, somebody got in there through the side garage door. He forgot to lock it. And that's another one there that I really think you should take a look at and make sure that you can do that because I tell you what, having that locked, and that's where having all those locks on a uh, on its own system, its smart home system, mine, I can hit smart on the smart lock and lock it and every, every door locks. So that's great. 
And then they do make on these garage door openers as well. They do have a deadbolt function. So if you're out of town or something, you could actually make it on some of these garage door openers that will actually make it so you can't get in through that garage door, even if you have that opener. So that's another good way to go. But, you know, if you keep it safe and always make it look like someone's home, you're going to be better off. All right, everybody, that's the end of this hour. Coming up next, we have Eric from Mechanical Hub. You don't want to miss. Thanks for tuning in to Around the House. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.